What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to a brand new Hyper Heroes here on Hyper RPG. I'm pretty sure I just blew out Hector and Nagi's ears, but that is what it is. That is what it is. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, really appreciate you guys being here the entire week. We've had, a, we've had a really fun week. We're in the final stretch. We're almost there. Uh, before we get things going, I do want to bring up something really, 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 really important. I want everybody to pay attention right now. Stop what you're doing and pay attention. Next week, we are changing up a little bit of our programming. We're going to be switching some things around just a little bit. So let me tell you exactly what we're going to be doing next week. Instead of starting at 11 a.m. with Space Camp, we will be starting with Survival Skills. So Malika will now be starting the day cooking any sort of survival skills that she wants to do. After that... At the same time, at 1 p.m., we will be doing Hypercast slash Hyper Heroes. Then at 2 p.m., we'll be switching over to board gaming. So it's going to be kind of a quick switch from Hypercast or Hyper Heroes into board gaming. And then uh, after board gaming at 4 o'clock, we'll be jumping to Lucas for Space Camp. So we're kind of swapping survival skills in Space Camp a little bit and then shifting board gaming around. And then at 6 o'clock, we will still be doing dinner and a movie. So to recap, 11 a.m., Survival Skills with Malika. 1 p.m., Hypercast slash Hyper Heroes. 2 p.m., Board Gaming. 4 p.m., Space Camp with Lucas. And at 6 p.m., Dinner and a Movie. We're gonna, we got to switch things up a little bit, you know. We've been talking internally, and we're talking with some people, uh, like the mods and stuff, to kind of get a figure on, like, where our most retention is, where our most subscribers come from. And we're just kind of trying to rearrange everything to make sure that, like, we kind of spread the love evenly uh, every single day. So, new schedule starting Monday. Not today. Monday. So there you go. That's your first bit of a very important information. Also, every time we hit a goal today, we'll be adding people to Zach's Clubhouse. I know they got some plans for some stuff they're going to watch. So today's the last day you can get in. Every time we hit a goal, we will be adding new people randomly from the chat room. And um, we got some fun movies for you guys to pick today. Uh, the crew, the crew made some picks. And uh, so we've got, we've got three choices for today. You can go to oneshot.straylogic.com, vote for whatever movie you want to see. The three choices are The Green Hornet, which is my choice, It Comes at Night, which was Lucas's choice, and Honey Boy, which was Malika's choice. Uh, I know two of these movies, I believe two of these are on Netflix. Uh, or, sorry, yes, two of these are on Netflix and one is on Amazon Prime. So those are the choices for next Friday. So you can go to oneshot.straylogic.com. You can also vote for what Malika can cook as well. She's got some awesome choices on there. We'll be going to Malika for cooking right after this. She's doing Tigger's Tea Party today. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Then at 4, we're playing Venture Party. Should be fun. And then at 6 o'clock, we're playing I Lost My Body on Netflix. And I think someone is joining us for that. Right? I don't know. Maybe you. Who's that guy? Maybe you. Maybe you. Maybe oh, can you. they hear me? Am I? Yeah, you're good uh, now. Oh, oh, we're all audible. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, <laughs> I'm actually really excited to see this one. This one, even though I suggested it, I still haven't seen it all the way through. Oh. I, I started watching it and I think I'm about like 30 minutes in. I started watching it late at night and I was like, I have to finish this. So watching it with you guys is actually the perfect way to finish it. So yeah, there you go. Now you're forced to watch Now you're forced to watch it. Yeah. No, actually, I want to watch it. This <laughs> no, is good. I mean, this is a good pick. Like, I, I immediately, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this movie's going to win the chat vote easily. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks beautiful. If, if anybody hasn't seen the trailer, go and watch the trailer, uh, and you'll be very intrigued as to what's happening. Hector, what's your experience with this movie? I haven't seen it yet, and I really, really want to. And it's on my radar. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. the cool thing about 
the, 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 there's two silver linings for me right now with everything that's been going on. And we were just talking about it before we went live. The first silver lining mm-hmm. is I miss the hell out of you guys. <laughs> the hell out I of mean, all my clearly, friends. Yes. Even Aww. Zach. And the next time I see Zach and I'm able to, I'm going to hug him and I'm going to kiss him. And it's this feeling of we're apart, but we're together now, uh, but it is still not quite the same. So whenever mm-hmm. we are able to safely come back and not even just us, but like when we can go to the movies again, when we can go to the mm-hmm. beach, when we can do these things, I feel like and this has been happening for me, so maybe it'll happen for others. I feel like I am understanding what I have taken for granted in my mm-hmm. life. So when I get to reunite with my friends, when I get to go to the movies again, like I'll probably cry. Like it will probably be a very moving experience for me mm-hmm. because it's so important. The second silver lining in, in quarantine is that <laughs> you have all of these excuses and Hyper has been doing such a good job of getting me excited about doing this stuff of like going and watching stuff that's on your radar that you've never seen you know, or watching stuff with friends or, you know, or even by yourself, but for the first time and getting through lists, I, 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 you guys have been guests on uh, Keller and I's movie podcast. And we have put a pause on that because we, we like to have a friend over to watch it with us and then record. And we don't want to, you know, that's part of the magic. It's part of the magic. We can do, we could, we, we looked into doing some kind of a remote thing and everything, but we don't want to put it on the guest to like, okay, here's track down this movie or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. okay, we'll, we'll pay you to like rent it or whatever. We like to try to handle that as much as possible. So what Keller and I decided to do is we're bringing the podcast back, but it's going to be just me and him and it's quarantine. And the only thing we're doing is we're tackling movies that we just want to watch that are not Mm -hmm. on the, on this list that we're going off of. Mm -hmm. So Monday we're coming out with uh, mission impossible Wednesday, Mission Impossible 2. Third, Friday, Mission Impossible 3. For the next two weeks, we're going to do all six Mission Impossible movies. And then after that, I think we're going to tackle Wes Anderson films. And then after that, I think we're going to, like, however long it takes, but we have, like, we want to do the Fast and Furious movies just as as a, uh, uh, like, for me, it's exciting because I did it yesterday Is I'm finally watching all the special features on my Mission Impossible Blu-ray box set. Like, a thing I've never done, but I've always wanted to finally find the time to do. So, so that's what's cool and exciting about that. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll let y'all know what I think about 1996's Mission Impossible. <laughs> I, okay, it, it's shot in Prague, so I knew you were gonna say that, uh, dude. Of course, you're gonna it say that. Automatically hey, is a win listen, in my book. <laughs> listen, just, I don't just wait. I don't love the movie, but to be fair, I haven't seen it since I visited Prague. So this might be a different experience. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, oh yeah, I love this movie. We'll I see. mean, how much more did you love Spider-Man Far From Home? A lot. <laughs> right? Because you were on that bridge. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we also put out a call on Twitter to get some questions from you guys. And we'll be taking, we'll be answering those at the end of, towards the end of the show. Anybody mm-hmm. in the chat room as well, the chat room is open. Y'all can post questions, anything. Uh, we will answer them towards the end of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we'll just kind of like get right into it. Last week, we had a really great episode. Sam Humphreys was our guest. Um, it ter- looks like everything for Creators for Comics turned out incredibly well for them. I was super yep. ha- happy to have him on uh, so we could talk about that. Um, next week, we'll also probably be having a guest as well. And we want to, just like with Hypercast, we want to try to bring in guests as much as we can uh, to just kind of talk about you know, how everybody's doing, how they're dealing with everything that's been going on. On Monday, I'm super stoked. We have Ryan Turk joining us from Blumhouse. 
Uh, he's one of the producers of the new Halloween movie. Uh, he's also a producer in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. I'm so pumped. It took Adam, are you going to be okay? Dude? No, I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it took three weeks to get this set up, so I'm so pumped right bro, now. That's bro. exciting news, dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm really, really excited. I, the thing I think that it really intrigues me about somebody like him is he's kind of like us. He started in the nerd world. He wor- he was a managing editor for Chalk Till You Drop, and he was going out and doing press junkets and all that stuff. And sure. then you know his career just kind of took a different path, and he ended up at Blumhouse being a producer on Halloween. So. What the I, fuck? I'm, <laughs> Let's I'm do so that, glad. guys. Let's I'm all like, do that. I'm, I'm, how do I do that? That's I'm just what happy for do. Adam because I don't know anybody else on the planet who loves Halloween as much as Adam, and now Adam's going to get to talk to the guy behind it. That's awesome. Adam has officially inserted himself as one of the leading authorities in the world about Halloween <laughs> yep. after that YouTube video. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny. Yeah. I, I mentioned this yesterday, too, but now Emily and I have made a tradition that we go on walks in Pasadena where they shot the original. So... It's I great. Mean, what's it's more great. fitting? What's more fitting, it's honestly? Great. It's great. I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm not going to freak out. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the first topic uh, for the day. We talked about this a little bit on Hypercast as well, but uh, there's been not officially announced yet by Star Wars or by Lucasfilm or by Disney+, Plus, but there is a new Star Wars series apparently in development, uh, which will be from the co-creator, the showrunner, and the executive producer of the show Russian Doll. Now, I have not seen the show. Zach has seen it, and he says it's very, very, very good. So now i got to go do my homework. It's from cre- creator Leslie Headland, and there's not a whole lot of information about the show other than that it's going to be a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline. But they don't say where in the Star Wars timeline. They don't say if it's in the past, kind of like skewing more towards the High Republic, in the future, more somewhere in the realm of like Mandalorian or maybe post Rise of Skywalker. Um, but there's not a whole lot of information other than this is the creator who's going to be show running the show. They're starting to kind of staff up the writing team. So I think we're like a very long ways away from finding out any information about this show. Yeah. Um, but I know like for the majority, I think we're all pretty big fans of uh, The Mandalorian. I, I, I'm also kind of in the majority of I really think Disney Plus needed to front load their launch with more original shows. Mm. And I know once the Marvel stuff starts coming out, there will be a lot of stuff to start consuming. I kind of feel like the first year of Disney Plus is kind of like a slow buildup to well, a strong check out, year bro, two. You didn't check out Pick of the Litter? Hey, man, come on. You didn't check Let's out be honest. Chef? Let's be honest. Everybody's Whoa. subscribing for Disney Plus for Star Wars and Marvel Bro. stuff. Yeah. You didn't but check out High School Musical, the musical, oh, the series? Hell dude. no. Hell no. Actually, you guys, did you see that they put out the music of Coco, the, that Coco event that we that, went to? That's like the one thing that I want to rewatch that we went to. I, yeah, I did <laughs> yeah. watch that, and it was actually a really great special. I watched yeah, it. Was it. Pretty good. Um, it was pretty they had good. little interviews in between the musical performances with mm-hmm. some of the people behind it, which is really yeah. cool to yeah. watch. Um, it, it, it's super short. It's 45 minutes because they mm-hmm. cut out the movie itself. Like right. we, I remember we sat and watched Coco, Yeah. but it just goes to those musical performances. So I highly recommend that. I thought that was a good special. My favorite part of that, just, just one more tangent, is that the kid who played, uh, what's yes. his name? Uh, Miguel. Miguel, yeah. So Miguel, the, the, the voice actor originally, was too old to to sing live at this mm-hmm. event. So they got his little brother mm-hmm. to be the voice of Miguel for the live show, which is amazing. Yes. Apparently they sound exactly the same, so it's it was really great. really cool that they got that. That's Super crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. What are yeah. you guys' thoughts on this new Star Wars show? Like, for you, for you, each of you personally, do you have like a preferred place in oh. the Star Wars timeline where you'd want no, it to take place? I, I saw somebody online saying that they hope that it is young Princess Leia, and here's why I think that would be a cool idea: is because sure, that character deserves more. Like that, if any character could lead their own show, 
Leia Organa, like, is one of the best characters on, on all of Star Wars. I think everybody could agree with that. And there's a lot of in her life that was that's kind of unexplored, I guess. But the yeah. tricky thing is, is that she was already pretty young when A New Hope happened, when Carrie Fisher played her the first time. Mm -hmm. she, and the character, I think, was supposed to be like 19. Yeah. So it's like, it's that tricky thing of, okay, are you going to do another solo thing where you hire an actor and they're trying to be Harrison Ford, but not, you know, with some room to grow. But really, he's kind of close to the age that Harrison Ford. So, so that's the other thing of like, I kind of wouldn't want it to be Leia because... They already like came out with a couple of they came out with one novel specifically called Leia, where it's her and Admiral Holdo, um, who is uh, uh, Laura Dern's character from The Last Jedi when mm -hmm. they're young and they're friends on Alderaan. And I'm like, there you go. That's all you need that like let that let the Leia stuff exist already kind of without being messed with, I guess. And then let's do a new character, just like Mandalorian's a new character. And right. Mandalorian probably started as a Boba Fett show or movie or concept. And then at one point, someone went, let's just make this a new character. So, like, I, I would like to see some of my favorite characters, sure. But I would also hope that they put as much sort of support and um, freedom onto a new female character and her story in the Star Wars universe as they have for Mando. So, I am actually not in that boat, Hector. I Whoa. need to, like, if there's anything that the Mandalorian did is showed us what we've been begging for for forever which is give us new new right. new stuff right i think bogging it down with the past star wars skywalker saga is shooting yourself in the foot honestly yeah it's there's so much the the fandom is so good and bad and and mixed up and like there's yeah. so much going on that i don't think that it, it would benefit anybody to to be in that timeline i want to see just like I sound like a broken record now, new shit. Like, give me new shit. You even if see... it's even if it's not new shit. Like in the Mandalorian, I've seen the dark before because I've seen right. all the animated stuff. Yeah, right. But to see it on screen there was way cool. And not knowing that they were gonna bring it into the history of the Mandalorians and Mandalore right. and you know everything that 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 saber symbolized so much. Um, but I I want new 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 things. I want things that I I want things that I don't even know I want right now there you go like that's the type of stuff that i want to see coming out of star wars so when when you see new talent like this coming up i'm just mm -hmm. like yes what's your vision what have you been dreaming about for the past 20 30 40 years that makes you excited about star wars that's what i want to see like right. not necessarily what a studio thinks fans in general want to see for sure agree well said yeah i'm kind of in i'm i'm <sighs> I'm a bit torn because I know that like Star Wars The High Republic is coming out and I'm really excited about that because it's 200 years before The Phantom Menace and I think like that's a perfect opportunity to explore something new about the Jedi in particular because I think we've, we're kind of used to seeing what we saw in the prequels and there's not that much of an understanding unless you've read the comics or the books or right. some of the video games of what exactly the Jedi Order was like prior to the events of the movies. So if they were to come out and do a High Republic movie, trilogy, or whatever, that's 200 years before, I think there's a lot of, like, even though you're dealing with Jedi and potentially the Sith, I think there's a lot of themes and things that you can explore. I know, you know, kind of the pitch of it was like, oh, we, wanna, we want to address what do Jedi, what do Jedi fear? So I think for this series, I kind of hope for the same thing. I don't want it to explore a territory of the timeline that's in between a movie, that's in between, you know, 
uh, a, a solo movie and a Rogue One. Like, I wanted to explore something new and different. And I agree with, with Augustine. I think even though Mandalorian is bringing in things like the Darksaber, it's a part of the Star Wars lore that you're only going to see if you're really invested in Star Wars, if you really like the comic books, if you really like the animated stuff, if you really like the books. I know that, like, that's not everybody. So I think by bringing some of those elements into live action, it makes people more curious about what those things are. Kind of the same thing with Ahsoka Tano. Like, I'm super pumped to see Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian Season 2. But on the flip side, there's also a little part of me of like, well, we've gotten so much of her in the animated series. Do we need to, like, really connect this like this? But if we all know how Rebels ends, we all know that that character, like, lives on and survives. So it makes a lot of sense to bring her in, and I think it's a nice expansion to her story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think It could really add a lot to, like, the Darksaber's story, really, because she's tied to events that maybe could have happened around that time. So, yeah, you're right, Adam. It is... It could it could serve something. Yeah, but I know where you're going. Yeah, and you, and I mean I think like the so a lot of people have been asking about season seven of Clone Wars and whether or not we've been watching. But right, all I will say about that is like the last two episodes with Ahsoka were very very strong. Mm-hmm. So I think the, like that's a perfect sort of like build up as to like where Ahsoka sort of like will be in people's like collective minds in terms of fandom. They're going to be really excited to see more of her. So it's like a perfect segue to give us an, to give, give us Ahsoka Tano in a live action Mandalorian show. But in terms of this show, I would actually like really be curious to see if anybody's ballsy enough to go like 200 years into the future. For real. Something of like the that. Star Wars timeline. And be like cool. after all this stuff has happened with the Galactic Empire and the First Order, What's happened 200 years from now? How has, like, all mm-hmm. those events had a cascading effect on, you know, future events? It'll be kind of interesting to see. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, because we, we don't really necessarily see, like, ripple effects of things happening when we hear about them all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, the, so the, Twitch, the Twitch audience has also voted. They prefer uh, 18 to 2. They prefer something new. There you go. Yeah, baby. So That's why I love you guys. There you Woo. go. There you go. Uh, we'll also see kind of what happens with the Obi-Wan show. I know that like that's been having a lot of issues and they've like changed mm-hmm. about writers. They've pushed the release date. They pushed the shooting schedule. So I, that's the other thing I think to Hector's point is I really would want to see the new show get sort of the same love as Mandalorian did. I think right. Obi-Wan has had a lot of like stumbling blocks to get to where it's at. How's, how's Cassie and Andor show doing? Is everything okay? I know that that's Cassian? been, I know that, that some of that stuff has been a little bit delayed, but I don't think it's because of any sort of creative stuff. I think it's mostly mm-hmm. just because of what's the situation that we're currently mm-hmm. in. Okay. So hopefully all of that will be on track and, uh, you know, things will work out well for that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so to kind of dovetail off of one of our movie choices for this week, they did announce that a new Cato and Green Hornet movie is in the works. <laughs> <laughs> the previously the rights i believe were at sony and the the rights had lapsed so right now universal's optioning the rights to the classic to the classic hero and it's also kind of funny because malik and i watched a really great movie a documentary that's about sort of the history of kung fu and they talked a lot about bruce lee bruce lee obviously played kato in the green hornet series uh i think it was like a couple seasons one or two seasons long um i personally enjoyed the green hornet movie that we worked on that came out in 2011 <laughs> i forgot that we worked on that we one didn't work <laughs> until on it. i saw the slate i was like <gasps> i got flashbacks yeah it's like post-traumatic stress syndrome to me like that that movie was it kind of utilized the formula of like a rush hour and made it like a buddy mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. action movie 
I haven't seen it since 2011, so I have no clue how well it's aged over the course of nine mm-hmm. years. It, it, if, if we end up watching it next Friday, I will probably eat my words and it'll probably be terrible. Um, <laughs> but I don't know... I don't know Green Hornet well enough, and I don't know that story well enough to really know, like, how different can you make it from what we already got in 2011, mm-hmm. unless you're just going to go a completely serious, darker tone. I, I think the key for this is, um, first of all, I think it's interesting that you, you have here in the notes, Adam, that it's uh, former Marvel Studios president Michael Helfant and Bradley Gallo, mm-hmm. and this is a, a banner that they're running. This is... a uh, Amazia, I don't know what that um, what Amazia is, but if this is the production company that's doing it, they say that it says here that they're producing the project, which carries the title of the Green Hornet and Cato. Yeah, th- and that's signaling that the Hornet sidekick will be equally billed this time around. I feel like that's not good enough because, like you're saying, Adam, it was already a buddy comedy in 2011, and it was already sort of always equal in the eyes of its audience, where everybody, especially since Bruce Lee played this role in the 60s. Everybody knew Cato was the hero. When the Green Hornet show was aired in Asian territories and Asian countries, it was just called Cato, like, or Cato and the Green Hornet. So I'm like, you know what? You can call it whatever you want, but if the Green Hornet still has top billing, you should call this movie Cato and the Green Hornet. You should really lean into, like, 21 Jump Street was smart to lean into the humor for their movie. Something like Starsky and Hutch, it was really smart to lean into that. And the Green Hornet with Seth Rogen tried to do that by saying, like, okay, our Britt Reed character, our, our white guy millionaire, billionaire, uh, you know, vigilante hero that's trying to be like a Bruce Wayne Batman, he's a bumbling idiot and Kato's the real hero. Ha, ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. And I feel like it, it still didn't deliver on what it was trying to set up. So I think for me the key is it's not about a more darker tone, but it's like do a project that really – because you, there are certain properties I think you can make comedies out of and nobody should give a shit. The Brady Bunch movie was a comedy based on the show. What Brady Bunch fans were like, no, the drama, nobody. (laughs) You can do that with Starsky and Hutch. You can do that with 21 Jump Street. They did that with Land of the Lost. I think a lot of the times they they pick the, you know, Hollywood will pick the smart choice when adapting some of these properties. I feel like with the Green Hornet, it was almost insulting to do it as a comedy to try to lean into that aspect because it takes away from the cultural impact that Bruce Lee as Cato had. And especially, and I can't speak for the audience, but I, but I feel as though it's a well-known thing that like Asian audiences and Asian American audiences really treasured Cato as a character and, and to try to move him from that manservant role, the way that like Dr. Strange kind of did with Wong and people love mm-hmm. Benedict uh, mm-hmm. Wong as Wong, like he's amazing. That's the kind of tone that I would want to try to find a movie that is not devoid of humor. Like Dr. Strange, it was still very funny in parts, but they approach certain things completely differently to avoid racist tropes and stereotypes and different things. So I would hope that a Green Hornet movie is slick and cool. And there's been great like comic books that were done. I know Kevin Smith did one where his take on it was like a generation later, the original Kato's daughter becomes the new Kato and the original Green Hornet's son is sort of a reluctant Green Hornet. And so they're like the pairing, like, Whatever kind of take you want to do to try to make it make sense to today's time, that's fine. But for me, it's about paying respect to Cato and trying to move away from the, he's my butler, he's my driver, he's my manservant, mm-hmm. and make it more about like, look at this very cool, badass superhero character or characters 
and trying to trying to find what makes them unique against the backdrop of all these other superhero movies. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I think one of the cool things we didn't really get to live through it. It was a little bit before my time. But also look at the landscape of what Kung Fu was seen as back in the day. Like when Kung yep. Fu came out, people were obsessed with it. Like we're obsessed over the Marvel movies. Kung yep. Fu has a huge place in large communities. And uh, uh, Bruce Lee played into that very, very well and became an icon for that. So we don't have that landscape right now. But what we do have that kind of parallels that as far as maybe action movies go uh, Marvel is kind of its own thing right now, but one parallel I do see is a Keanu Reeves, John Wick style. I like, like that. Imagine seeing Kato mm -hmm. be that John Wick style character, but still with like the bumbling rich guy when you sure. know it's all about Kato, but in the way that we know it's all about Keanu Reeves in John Wick. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like hit it that level. It doesn't need to be rated R violent either. Like the Green Hornet no. and Kato can still be a sort of a PG-13 world. Yeah. Right. But I love that you brought up John Wick because that style of filmmaking, that right. that style, I think, is very urban yeah. and modern and right. cool. And, and right. you know, even John Wick himself, I'm like, he had millions of dollars, right? He yeah. was like a millionaire guy. He had a nice Apparently. house. He had, yeah. he had gadgets and guns and shit. Like, mm -hmm. like to do something like that with Green Hornet and Kato would be dope. How dope. How dope would that be to have that kind of reflected? But you could also make it a comedy in that maybe the Green Hornet is the comedy relief where right. he is extra bumbling and extra like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then John Wick comes in to save his ass. You know, like that. <laughs> or, just think of that. Basically. Or almost like um, Big Trouble in Little China, where Kurt Russell is the main character, but he's not, people will view that as like, he's not necessarily the hero. He no. is kind of lucking into these situations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hero were, 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 was the his Chinese friend who was right. going to try to, you know, save the girl and save right. the woman. Um, you could do something like that, too. And even mm -hmm. to have a, mm -hmm. a, a Green Hornet who is like very aware socially of what the world is today where right, he's right, like right. look the only way we can sneak into this thing is you got to have a good looking rich white guy to go you know that, that kind <laughs> right, of awareness right, right. of like this is what the green hornet can do this is what i can get away with you know yeah, what i mean this yeah. I'll, I'll put my name out there as the face of being this vigilante right right, and right maybe the cops will be a little bit nicer towards me like those kinds of <laughs> of, of of thinking and story ideas i think yeah yeah, be, yeah. Um, because it's such an old school property, man. It's pulp. It's a pulp. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing with going into an old school property like that. It yeah. probably doesn't age well. Like even the 2011 right. movie probably didn't age well either. <laughs> probably not. Right? <laughs> Adam, I think we're looking at it with like rose colored glasses because. Oh, I'm very uh, aware. Yeah. I mean, that's part of why I put it up on, on for voting because I really want to see like, okay, yeah. how is this movie now nine years later? It's right. crazy. Exactly. It's exactly. kind of crazy. It was nine years ago. Yeah, we worked know, on that dudes. movie. Yeah, when we were a lot, on that a movie. lot has changed in nine years. So I, I'd be mm -hmm. interested to check it out. Um, so we'll see. But the audience is pretty torn. It's almost fifty-fifty. It's like fifty. Wow. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's forty-nine to fifty. Mm -hmm. Majority lean towards that they would want it, but we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Let's have somebody in the chat get their best argument as to why <laughs> they would want it. Tell me why. Convince me. Convince me in the chat. There's also a really good <laughs> documentary that um, we watched, I think, two nights ago. The Maliga and I watched. It's on Netflix. It's called Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. 
And it talks about. Hey, hang on a minute, Adam. I've seen Iron Fist on Netflix. It's not great. I cannot recommend yeah. it. Yeah, Iron Fist. That is come not on, a man. Good show. That That's is not a good show. Cultural appropriation. No. Yeah, Danny yeah, Rand. Talk about. Yeah. man. Talk about. <laughs> that 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 show is a rough watch through. <laughs> but but I think uh, if you guys are really interested in checking out the history of of uh, kung fu, Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks is so fucking good. Okay. Um, it goes through the history of kung fu all the way for, or martial arts movies. Uh, all the way from like the mid to late 60s into the 2000s, and it covers everything. It covers kung fu movies and black exploitation movies, and like just everything. And sort of the, like you were saying, Augustine, the cultural impact it had, uh, mm-hmm. not just in Asian communities, but on black communities as well, and like mm-hmm. how they sort of adopted it. And, and it's mm-hmm. it's a really really good documentary. We got Wu Tang Clan because of kung fu movies, guys. Come on, man. yeah. It's a it's a it's a really great doc. It's also kind of heartbreaking. Like they talk about Bruce Lee and how yeah. a lot of his movies were kind of butchered up, and they used you know footage from like his real life funeral to put into movies. And oh god, they did. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Oh I really god. really really recommend the documentary. Yeah. It's Oof. very stylish and very fascinating uh, to to learn so much stuff about 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 cool. a lot of those movies. So recommend that one. Um, the next topic, Hector, I think this is like something that you may or may not be excited about. This is kind of crazy, dude. I actually, (laughs) I want to talk about it and I'll bring it up because I want to get your guys' take on this. This is crazy to me because I'll start with the last bit of, of, of info that you put in here in the notes, Adam. Legos deal with Warner brothers expired in 2019, the toy company Lego. Mm -hmm. And after the lukewarm response to Ninjago and Lego movie Two, the second part, the company began to rethink its strategy. So now the studio and the toy company Universal and Lego have inked a five-year exclusive development uh, agreement to develop, produce, and distribute theatrical releases based on its IP and original ideas. Uh, And here's why this is crazy to me. Sure, in 2019, that deal expired and Ninjago wasn't great and Lego Movie 2 got a lukewarm response. I thought it was a great film. But it says that the animated Lego movies, of which there are only four of four. them. Four. <laughs> four. Lego movie, Lego movie 2, In the Lego Batman years. movie, yeah. which is also brilliant, and Lego Ninjago grossed more than a billion dollars at the worldwide box office. Yeah. And a billion dollars isn't enough to keep two companies working together to figure out, like, okay, what are we going to do next? Like that warner brothers let that deal expire in 2019 or lego let that deal expire in 2019 they made a billion dollars off of four movies yeah that's insanity to me yeah and i mean like look okay they made the four movies if two out of the four movies were not necessarily great i i I didn't dislike lego movie two i thought it was fine i thought i thought it was i does i think lego movie the the first one is a way better movie and i think lego batman movie is phenomenal um but I still can't imagine that making a billion dollars off of four movies was enough for them to go like, ah, I think we're good. I think we've kind of like milked this for what we could. Considering how many properties Warner Brothers owns, and I know a lot of those ended up, you know, in cameo capacity or sort of like in supporting sure. roles in the Lego movie. And then we really explored sort of the DC world in the Lego Batman movie. But I still feel right. like there's so much more that we could have not, done. Not, mm-hmm. not to knock mm-hmm. Universal. Yeah. And it's property but like what does this mean we're going to get a lego jurassic park like what do you know <laughs> right? what i mean like does this yeah. mean we're not going to get any more lego batmans or no more lego movie period like yeah. what, like what does that mean is it going to be like jurassic park meets back to the future oh cool or like lego <laughs> fast and furious like yeah you know that's fine but you know what else this makes me worried for i want to get augie's take on this yeah mm. i'm worried for spider-verse mm. because to me lego movie 
part one and Spider-Verse are very similar in that there are these amazing coming out of nowhere left field animated movies yeah. that nobody expected anything from based on right. a huge property mm -hmm. and would make you think it would be creatively uh, stifled because of the property. And yet the amazing creativity and emotion that came forward in those movies, I think, blew people away. Does this mean that Spider-Verse is a one-trick pony? Does this mean that Spider-Verse's sequels are not going to be as well Don't received? you ever call Spider-Verse a one-trick pony, Hector. <laughs> ever. I will strangle you. No, I'm, I'm just worried. Kidding. I'm scared. So here's the thing. I, I am taking Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as the one-off shining bright light in the dark void event that it was it 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 said something and spoke to so many people and was done so well mm -hmm. that something like this is not easily followed up by a studio mm -hmm. because as soon as this happens the studio's like give me more give me more like put punch it up here oh now i have something to say about this when like before the studio could care less and they were like look these guys want to make a movie just not make a movie whatever it'll happen movie right. comes out kills it now the studio wants more of their grubby little greasy fingers all over it. And I don't like that because the, the, the reason why there was hip hop songs that I loved in there was because the creators wanted it. Now there's going to be an exec looking over me and like, Oh, I don't know if that song hits. Like, I don't know if that, I don't know mm. if that one, if that one thump, that's not, that's not good enough. So I don't hold a lot of hope for sequels mm. when the movie has come out of nowhere like Spider-Verse or like the Lego movies even. Like the Lego movies were so refreshing and funny and, and exciting when they came out, specifically Lego Batman, because that movie's just out of this world, just funny and heartfelt and, and great. So it sucks that these amazing creative endeavors end up going through the Hollywood machine. And then when sequels and prequels start coming out, so I'm a little bit torn because without that machine, we wouldn't have gotten the movie in the first place. You know what right. I'm saying? So right. it sucks that after they get chewed up, something else comes out. So of, do of you the think? Side. Do you think that Universal, being a whole new group of people to to collaborate with, will now maybe fix or improve upon whatever mistakes were maybe made with? The, the 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 lesser lego films like are you, are you trying to say that this is maybe what the lego group needed to really execute their ideas it's it's possible it's very possible that this is this might be a good thing uh because change is difficult but sometimes it's absolutely necessary you know like mm -hmm. some people might get stuck in things that they're in it just because you know they made a good product doesn't necessarily mean that their heart is in it so yeah. um it could be it could be something that like their ideas just changed or whatever but at the same time like i'm a big proponent of change and i feel like things could come along to make things better in the long run because i feel like the lego movies specifically hit a formula where now you know the pacing and the timing of the jokes and you understand the world that they live in and like one thing that really made me click as to like where lego kind of lies in our universe is when you would see like water effects on on like airplanes and like glass and stuff where there were full size like people size drops on the on mm -hmm. on the lego pieces mm -hmm. but they still worked in the lego universe you know yeah. so i feel like uh there there could be new injections new ideas and new people that could be brought onto these properties that will take us to a new place and i'm hoping that that happens uh in a lot more across the industry but also maybe something like spider-verse needs that injection of new stuff 
just because trying to recreate what has already happened in a world where you've set up that anything can happen, a new universe could come in, and maybe it looks completely different from the CG-verse that Spider-Verse was in, and you have all new different people, so it doesn't even necessarily have to be off of Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. But the thing that made Spider-Verse so special was the uniqueness of it, and I feel like every entry point to that to a spider-verse story should be as unique as that one was before which is a difficult thing to do you know coming up with a brand new idea but also making it buy into what the first one was so Mm -hmm. it's it's tough it's really tough i'm really torn in between because there's teams and there's people on here who want to keep their jobs and like they 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 have ideas and maybe they're not heard out so i don't know man it's a tough call to make yeah it's yeah it's just wild guys yeah like again speaking of those teams they made four movies. Yeah. Four movies made a billion dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still people at the top, Warner Brothers and Lego, were like, okay, we're good. It's yeah. Like, what? We fine. We all right. Okay. Right, right, the, right. The, exactly. So it's the like, fin- what are you doing? The Finstigator in our Twitch chat is asking, so if the new movies are at a new studio, can they reference any of the events of the old films? I, I don't know. I would I would say likely not, because I can't ima- I can't imagine that they could like Universal could do a flashback to a movie that of, of like from a studio they don't own. Maybe maybe if it's a f- in a flashback capacity, it's possible. But I think they would have to kind of figure out what the story is going to be. Like, does the character get warped through another universe? Therefore, mm-hmm, you know that mm-hmm. previous universe doesn't exist in theirs anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a really tricky balance, and I think it's a really qu- it tricky question to ask. Uh, is, yeah. we, we also pulled the audience, and I just threw out three options. I threw out the option of like, what would you? What franchises would you want their first movie to to include? The choices were The Fast and the Furious, Jurassic Park, and Back to the Future. And the winner was Back to the Future, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like... That's such a divisive one, man, because those movies are so perfect. Yeah, and, well, and I think also, like, I'm, I'm a little surprised only because the Back to the Future universe is not necessarily expansive. Mm-hmm. It's just the fifties, like it's just well, not, not the fifties, and, and not only that, like it's really just yeah. the McFly family. Correct. Whereas Correct. Jurassic Park, you know, you've had so many people come into the world of Jurassic Park, and you've had multiple right. parks. And the Fast right. and the Furious, like over the course of the years, it's been mm-hmm. more and more expansive with every movie. But I think that could kind of make it fun to kind of limit like how much you could do, mm-hmm. and sure. maybe it could be a fun way to, for for the Lego Group to and universal to kind of like i don't want to i don't want to say the word i don't want to use the word remake but kind of do like a reimagining of the back to the future movies but it's all done with lego that could mm-hmm. be fun i mean we we could see what they're doing with ghostbusters what if yeah. doc's what if doc's family well, doc's grandson finds the delorean you know, and yeah. it's been sitting there in the garage for 80 years or whatever. But then they're just all Lego. That feels like a waste of the Back to the Future <laughs> I know, franchise. it kind of does. Kind of does. <laughs> hey, That's man, as long as, as long as Bob, Gale, and Robert Zemeckis are alive, they'll never remake that franchise anyway. I know. Yeah, good, so good, take, good. So take what you can get, I guess. What are you doing back there? Are you playing with your toys? My toys keep falling. I'm playing with my toys. <laughs> Jesus. Um, also, so I also just want to remind people, and I, I, I know I should have asked the mods, or I should have told the mods about this before we did the show, but the idea literally came to me uh, as we were doing the show. Uh, make sure you guys vote in the poll. Yeah. Make sure you guys vote, because I would love to I would love to know from the audience. We'll get you set up with something better next week. Oh, okay. Never mind. Cool. Zach said he'll get me set up with something better next week. Yeah. So I got to make sure I actually do a poll next week as well. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens to that property. Uh, yeah. Next thing to talk about, AMC Theaters is not planning to reopen their theaters until there's actually something to reopen with. 
I know this conversation has kind of been swinging back and forth every single day, it feels like. And a lot of it is really based upon, you know, what's going to be, what's, what's just happening in the world and how we're evolving. Hector, are you okay? You need a minute? Hector's no. toys just fell they all, all fell. over. Hector, just leave it. Stop playing with it. You'll go blind. We just, need a, we just need a toy cam set up just for Hector's toys as they fight like Indian in the cupboard style. <laughs> I'll fix them. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, so AMC has been, there's been a lot of sort of discussion about whether or not theaters are going to be reopening soon, when they're going to open, what's going to happen with some of the movies that are slated to come out. Tenet is still slated for July 17th. Wonder Woman just moved their date recently to the beginning of August. And Mulan is actually supposed to come out the week after Tenet. So a lot of conversations of like, what's happening? Or are we actually going to be able to go watch movies? How are they going to mm -hmm. limit how many people can go in and all that sort of stuff? But AMC did say that they don't, they don't currently don't have a plan to reopen their like 6,300 plus screens or US locations uh, unless there's something big to come out. And I think with mm -hmm. Tenet coming out, Warner Brothers, even though they've made a statement that like, we still want to very much back the theater going experience. Like we want to put out movies in theatrically first. Like that's our priority. I personally still feel like July is way too early. I don't, yep. I don't think that that's going to be a possibility. And I'm actually like a little bit surprised that Chris Nolan and Warner brothers have been waiting so long to make a decision on whether or not this movie is going to come out now, or if they're going to push it to next year, we're going to talk about some movies that have pushed release dates uh, in a little bit, but I, I'm starting to worry that like Tenet and Wonder Woman are going to run out of runway basically to like mm. release their movies. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, what's going to happen, but there was also a statement from AMC and they said, while we expect to open our theaters in the weeks ahead of these new blockbusters, utilizing creative programming of immensely popular previous released films, we will be wise to do so only directly in advance of the release of major new titles. AMC is currently working through every detail required to successfully showcase these exciting new titles in an environment that's safe and welcoming for moviegoers. And we will share those details as we get closer to the dates when our theaters will reopen. There's a little bit of optimism here, and I'm not trying to be a pessimist. Like, I would love to go back to the movie theater tomorrow, but I just don't know if we, like, live in a world where that's safe right now. Nope. No, I mean, clearly it's not safe, dude. Like I said last week, our safety is paramount right now. Yeah. Like movies are great. Like movie theaters can come up with a with an alternate plan B just for now. It just it just takes some creative problem solving, really. Um, I just it, it, it sucks that like they're being put in the spot, you know, I, and yeah. it sucks that they're their their business and their longevity thrives on us being social. You know, and that's really yeah. what it what it's about. So it's a tough position to be in, and it sucks that they are stuck in that. But man, just let's let's try to let's try to spitball something around. See if there's other ways that they can make things happen. I think that that um, Adam, you think you're right. Augustine, I think you're right. I feel like it, it, this is um, it's not that this is the least of our worries, but this can only as an industry react to what is happening in, right. in other sectors right now in our yeah. lives. And I feel like the fact that there isn't a team seemingly a plan for mass testing or at least mm -hmm. mass like um i was reading you know many of the articles that we're all trying to read and figure out what's going on but like monitoring where we think uh outbreaks are happening and then like mm -hmm. you know that, that we need like thousands of people to to assist in this process of of testing monitoring people having people even self-quarantine if they are 
if they potentially have coronavirus like within their own home stay in a room mm -hmm. because yeah. it's like we're seeing cases of people that go home and then their families then become uh carriers and they get it and their family members are getting sick and dying like there's just a whole nother thing of like at, you know coming from the top down like where are the tests where when is this going to become so available mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're seeing countries overseas that are like you know that they're that they're they have all of these programs and all these different things and they're testing people when they walk into businesses and walk like mm -hmm. that level of stuff that I can't even wrap my brain around. Right. It's like, I'm like, how could that work in the United States of America? Like, you know, or in other yeah. places. So it's stressful. I don't know, man. It, I, I feel for a lot of the employees right now for AMC and obviously, and of course I want to go back and watch movies, but we need all that other stuff first. I need to be, I need to know that I'm, I'm safe first of all, cause you know, I have a wife and, Yep. And, and, you know, little family and my parents are older. So I really have yep. to, I really have to be careful. I'm yeah. not going to risk myself for venom. Let there be carnage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm not going to risk death for Morbius. Sorry. Oh, Morbius. God. <laughs> Sorry, Morbius. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a really interesting to see how, how this whole thing sort of evolves. And, you know, we, we tend to talk about it almost daily. Because I think it's always an evolving process of, like, mm -hmm. what's going to happen. But every time mm -hmm. I see that, like, you know, they just announced today, and we'll, we'll talk about it, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are being pushed. I, I really think that, like, every major movie of this year... Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw in Black Widow into this mix. Yeah. I don't think they're coming out this year. I think there is a potential opportunity for November, December... And maybe Black Widow could still come out. I don't know. I just, I personally just feel like July, August is is too soon. Um, I don't think that as soon as the theaters open, I will, f I will personally feel comfortable going right back. I would have to. I would definitely, like you guys are saying, I, I would need to hear a game plan of yep. like what what is AMC doing? You know, if they come out and they say like, okay, the weekend of Tenet, we're gonna reopen, we're gonna play the movie on every screen that we have. And we're going to limit our capacity right. to only 25, right. 30% capacity per theater. You know, we're going to separate the seating. We're going to block off seating. So that way everybody knows exactly where they can and cannot sit. I think I'll be potentially open to the idea. But then, like, you're also breathing in a lot of the same air that people are breathing in. That's the problem. And right there. I, I don't know. I think there's, like, a lot of risk factor. I think, like, everybody who goes to the theater would have to be mandated to, like, wear a mask, wear gloves. You know, like, I think there'd have to be a lot of stuff before yeah, I'd man. be like, you know, I mm -hmm, feel like there's mm -hmm. enough of a guideline that AMC has put in order, or any theater chain, not just AMC, whether it's Cinemark, Regal, whoever it is. I'm only using AMC as an example because mm -hmm. I have an AMC A-list pass. Right. I would have to really, like, have a clearly defined guideline of, like, what their expectation is from everybody, and they would have to enforce it with everybody before I walk into a theater and I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable seeing this movie. Right. You're, you're absolutely right, Adam. And even, even if those precautions are met, I still wouldn't feel safe. Yeah. Honestly, like I wouldn't be able to enjoy my movie going experience just until still thinking like, that this like person next to me. Yeah. Until, until or, a, you know what I mean? Or until everybody starts injecting bleach, like until that day, <laughs> uh, no, I'm no, not going to hang on. Whoa, whoa, we, we should probably say for legal purposes, we do not condone, we do not condone injecting bleach. What that fucking idiot said. Guys, Zach and I watch but, the briefings every day. And every time, 
we sit here we're just like yeah i know i can't I know. believe I see, we haven't kicked the hole in the tv let's, yet let's not I get political the, i just I wanted tweets from zach yeah i, see I saw the joke and i had to take it guys yeah man um one. and so yeah no like it's it's i think it's going to be something that's going to take longer than the summer yeah, yeah. To, yeah to finish you know even even where i, I work at I work at UCLA and even they're already like, oh, students aren't coming back in fall either. Maybe, you know, like yeah. everything's changing so far day by day that we don't know what the future holds, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So. So the, so we pulled the audience again for this question as well. And the majority voted that, yeah, they don't feel comfortable going to the theater as soon as it opens. You know, I, I think the conversation would, again, be different if we had some sort of direction and an outline of like, if we do come back, here are the guidelines. Then I think it's easier to have a conversation of like, okay, and it's going to end up kind of being on a case-by-case -case personal basis um, of like, okay, who feels comfortable, who doesn't feel comfortable, but I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Emily's in the chat room. She's saying that they don't, they, they, they think that Disney parks won't even open until 2021. Mm -hmm. If Disneyland yeah. and Disney World and all the theme parks are potentially going to hold opening until the new year, I feel like we can sacrifice the theater. And I, and I think like Warner Brothers and Christopher Nolan and their Wonder Woman movie and all this stuff, like they can find new release dates till the next year. Those are mm -hmm. movies that I personally mm -hmm. like don't want to come out on digital because I want to experience right. them theatrically. Right. And I think Warner Brothers is like very committed to that. I, you know, I, 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 we can't speak for any other studio, but I also can't imagine that Disney would want to put Black Widow out on digital either like i feel like right. that's a theatrical experience but mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. all speculation we literally don't know anything but mm -hmm. i would say if these movies continue to continue on course with their july openings be very well informed uh as to like what your local theater is yeah. doing what precautions they're going to be taking I, I don't know what the situation is going to be like in california for us here but you know if your state is going to be opening up its movie theaters practice still practice good social distancing and like be smart about it. Use your use your best judgment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And like, we're just going to have to watch this day by day, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will. We yeah. will. Uh, so final thing, there's a lot of movies that have continued to shift their release dates. Hector brought one up. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, as it's officially known now, has been delayed from October 2nd of this year to June 25th, 2021, which was the original date for The Batman, which has now shifted from that date to October 1st, 2021. And then today they announced that Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are moving. Mission Impossible 7 will be moving from July 23rd, 2021 to November 19th, 2021. Mission Impossible 8 moves from August 5th, 2022 to November 4th, 2022. And then they also surprisingly announced, Warner Brothers announced, the Flash movie is actually moving up one month from July 1st to July 3rd, 2022. And Shazam 2 will be delayed. June 3rd. It's moving up to June 3rd. Moving up to June 3rd. Uh, and then Shazam 2 has been delayed from April 1st, 2022 to November 2022. First of all, I don't really I don't even know if this Flash movie is going to happen. At, at least <laughs> at least not with Ezra Miller. I hope not. Um, yeah. Shazam movie I'm still excited for. I I really liked the first one. I thought David Sandberg did a great job. And the fact that they're taking more time for a movie that's not supposed to come out for like 2 years, great. Take the extra time. Uh, obviously very sad to hear that Mission Impossible are moving 6 months apiece and then Batman is moving you know, only a couple months, not too bad. Um, and the Venom movie, I, whatever. Venom was fine. I, I didn't love it or hate it, but whatever. Yeah, uh, like Hector, I'm not going to go risk myself getting sick for that movie. <laughs> no. uh, for the Batman, eh, maybe. No. But, I think, no. but I think by October next year, we should be hopefully okay. Uh, but it also looks like they left Suicide Squad 
at its original date, which is in August 2021. Right. So right. I think the big thing to kind of take away from this is, you know, there, I, there's a lot of websites that are putting out lists, updated lists of all the movies that have been moved in 2021 to later dates. And then all the movies that have been moved or sorry, 2020, and then all the movies that have been moved to 2021 and how, you know, some of these movies are, like, overlapping. Like, I think um, when Venom comes out, I think uh, another movie's coming out. I think a lot of movies that were scheduled for 2021, if they're early in the year, either going to get pushed to the late part of the year or a lot of them are going to move to 2022. Like, I think this is going to be a cascading effect. Yep. I agree. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. I mean, this is going to have repercussions for years. Uh, it's it's i mean you could write a new article every day as to what's going to get pushed and it's yeah. going to change the very next day yeah situation yeah. so fluid that and it sucks yeah. that it's affecting hollywood in this way but yeah it's 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 going to change and honestly even these dates might change so who knows because yeah. think about the backlog that's going to happen of movies coming out yeah movies don't want to compete with each other they exactly. really don't exactly you know? mm-hmm. and and it's going to have it's going to have ripple effects for a while so mm-hmm. i think i think all this stuff right now is they should just say tentative right it's all tentative mm-hmm. moves yeah because it's going to change tomorrow yeah and i think i think that's like the the toughest thing is like okay you have to kind of reschedule out. okay we, we're get, if we're going to be delayed by six months that means we should probably push the release by six months but mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. still don't know exactly when productions are going to be able to start back up again on a lot exactly. of these movies exactly. a movie like batman that wasn't pre-production that was in production for i think a month or so Maybe they don't start rolling again for another three months, four months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Is that going to mm-hmm. push the release date again? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's so hard right now. It's so hard. And, you know, movies like Scoob, a lot of people in the chat room are mentioning a lot of, like Scoob, for example, it's completely skipping its theatrical release. It's the first Warner Brothers movie that's skipping its theatrical release and going straight to digital, which is kind of a bummer. You know, I think um, I, I personally was kind of excited to see it, but I get why that movie is being pushed to digital it's a family-friendly movie and i think it's kind of a perfect opportunity to kind of take advantage of the fact that like families are at home right now like trolls yep. did really mm-hmm. fucking well yeah mm-hmm. trolls did really mm-hmm. well on digital um because it has a market so it makes sense why scoob would do it you know so i it, this is i think you're right though augustine it's going to be very very much a fluid thing where absolutely in a month these dates could change again for some of these movies yeah. You know, it's a pie in the sky dream for me, which we're, we're about 10 years too late, but yeah. right now would be the perfect time for 3D to make a resurgence. <laughs> like at home, home 3D TV. Oh yeah. God. At home 3D TV. Just because, Hector, I was convinced. Be like, yeah. Do you miss the theater? Get this. Vizio yeah, exactly. 3D TV. Get this Vizio 3D TV and <laughs> let's get all the movies converted. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, like watching stuff at home on a 3d tv does change the experience quite a bit so i i think right now people are kind of looking for that little extra like "Mm," like something extra like to bring them Mm -hmm. into that movie theater experience something a little tasty i think think 3d can do that we'll see as i get as i get lashed in the chat room (laughs) (laughs) and in the comments hey man it's okay it's happened to the best of us i know hey hector you want to go through some of these rapid fire questions that you got yeah, go for it. You want me to do it off of Twitter? Uh, yeah, so we put out, we put out um, a tweet asking people to submit questions. We'll also take some. I'll also be watching the chat room, so if you guys have any questions in the chat room, uh, I'll take those questions as well. We have our Twitter pulled up, and we'll kind of do this for the last remaining few minutes that we have. Okay. Uh, first question came from Tori Flacco on Twitter, who asked, what has been your favorite film that you have watched during quarantine? It's a great question. 
That's a really good question. I've been watching movies every single day because we do the watch-alongs every night. Um, So far, I think my favorite watch-along has probably been... Oh, man, it's tough. It's either going to be between Dogtooth, Train to Busan, or Parasite. Mm -hmm. Maybe Train to Busan because it was so unexpected. I had never seen Mm -hmm, it before. mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking see. of the other. That, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Train to Busan. I'm thinking of the Chris Evans one. Uh, Snowpiercer. That Snowpiercer. That's <laughs> the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Uh, uh, I haven't see. really watched a lot of movies. I've been delving into the shows, but one that took me by surprise was um, the Last Dance, that Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, there's yeah. only two episodes cool. out right now. Yeah, but it's really good. Yeah, I want to watch really, that. Really yeah. Man, I don't know if I've seen any new movies. I haven't in quarantine. I've just been watching old stuff. Uh, so yeah, can't answer that. But great question, Tori. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Shout out to Tori. Break her heart. She's in the chat room. You ain't even gonna answer her question. Is she? I can't. I mean, I've been doing TV shows. <laughs> Hector, and... just 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 shoot. Just... Uh, knives out. There you go. I mean, that's yeah, a great movie. movie. It's good. It's a great yeah. movie. That's a super. Uh, movie. I got one from Kirk Coste. Yeah. Know Kirk. He's our buddy. He, and he says, first of all, he's a New York Yankees fan for life. He says, Hector, I have a question. <laughs> Do you think the Avengers are going to team up with the Fantastic Four in Phase Four? Thank you, guys. That's a great question. That is a good question. Mm, um, the new Avengers think, and the Fantastic Four, huh? I think we will see the FF soon. I don't know if it'll be within this phase. I don't know when this phase is technically over, but yeah. I think that yeah. uh, I think that they're they're going to um, show up, and it'll be great, and it'll be the best Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> Did you guys hear that that interview that the Russo brothers were in? Um, mm. They were on a Reddit AMA, and they were asked, "Well, you know what what." project would you guys like to tackle mm. uh, and anthony says wolverine has been one of his favorites oh, for a long time good 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 imagine the russo brothers on an x-men type movie Ooh, I, I would, but, yeah, yeah i don't i don't think that's gonna happen no because so phase four is already pretty much slated out correct mm. phase correct. five is per it's kind of built out already so i think there's there's things that they're gonna come up with later on yeah mm-hmm. i think it's too early to follow up with a hitter that close right you know okay like okay. to to follow up with like a fantastic four and like a new right. avengers that's too much right. uh we really need to figure out where we're going and uh, as much as i want to see doom i i kind of want to see this new era of avengers set up before we get into the fantastic four. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh shy guy express in the chat room is asking what are your thoughts on drive-ins i i actually would be open to the idea of going to a drive-in uh, because I think that's probably like the most social distancing you could do during a movie. But mm-hmm. we all know that a lot of the movies that are going to be at things like a drive-in are going to be things that have already come out, which I'm sure. also very fine with. The biggest thing that like I bring up with the drive-in is like, okay, if you have to go to the bathroom, what do you do? Right. You have to go to the bathroom. You pee right. in a cup, homie. Yeah. I guess so. I guess you, so. You poop in your in your In-N-Out bag. Oh, God. You, 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 you rent an <laughs> RV. Yeah, you rent an there RV. You go in there. Great. Um, great. I, I actually grew up – so growing up, we were pretty broke – but the drive-in theater was always cheap. And so there was four of us. And so what we would do is we would, we had a giant van that everybody had apparently back in the day. Uh, So my parents would drive up to the movie theater and they would charge per person, Mm -hmm. whoever they could see in the van. So we all just like, truck space, baby. 
we were all just like hiding in the back and it would be like five bucks to go watch a movie. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I remember watching some awesome movies in the drive-in and I remember there being the best nachos at the drive-in. <laughs> so I'm very, very uh, keen on going to the drive-in Yeah. because we had our little setup. Like we would either stay in the car if it was cold and put the, put the metal speaker in the, in the car and hope it wouldn't break the window. Or like on a hot day, we would each have our chairs and we would sit right there, right in front of the car or behind the car, wherever it was. And and just like bring chips and snacks and stuff. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that's totally doable now, as long yeah. as we each take our own cars. The only problem is those lots get filled up pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a massive amount of people, which yeah. sucks. True, true. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right, y'all, it is 2 o'clock. We are ready to go upstairs for some cooking with Malika, so don't go anywhere. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you for all the amazing questions. Thank, and thank these boys. Thank these boys for being here, for zooming in uh, every week. We will be back again with Hyperheroes next Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. But on Monday, we're coming back with Hypercast with our special guest, Ryan Turek. I'm very, very, very excited. Don't go anywhere. Malika will be cooking something great with survival skills, and we'll be coming out for a board game and then movie night. Bye, guys. Bye, homies.